The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio, we're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And this week is no exception. Welcome to 2023. We've got an out-of-this-world, intergalactic show. Our special guest, his name is Samuel Chong. We're going to talk about a book written by a gentleman who's passed. His name is Michel Desmarquais. He wrote this book about 30 years ago. It's called The Theoba Prophecy, and it's about a planet that's nine universes away from Earth and an abduction of the author and a channeled book that came out of that abduction. Sounds pretty far out. Well, it is. I read the book before I agreed to have Samuel on the show, and I was fascinated by the book. I'll let you make the determination if you believe the book or not. That's up to you, but you have to read the book to to be in a position to say, yeah, I dig this, I can relate to this, or nah, not for me. I found a lot of the information there very helpful, very interesting, very provocative also. A lot of things about uh, uh, how our intergalactic neighbors, if you will, view our planet, and it's not in the greatest way. They think we're pretty underdeveloped, we've got a long way to go, and my guest, Samuel Chong, he read this book and he got in touch with Michel de Marquet and he went to traveled all the way to Vietnam to meet with him because he wanted to know all about this book and also about some of the secrets that Michel was told not to share. Apparently, he shared some information with Samuel, and that is not in the book, and it's not going to be what we get into in the interview because Samuel is forbidden to talk about this stuff, but we're going to talk about a lot, and it's all about you know going inside and working on ourselves and making the planet a better place person by person because we are all connected. In the book, the Theobans are rooting for us. They want us to succeed. They want us to ascend. They want us to be the best people that we can possibly be and to respect each other and respect the planet and respect our resources. So it's a helpful message. There's a lot of ideas that you may not have thought about and things I hadn't considered about uh, food and water and travel and and just how people can relate to each other. And it's interesting where so many of the uh, folks who've done some type of uh, travel have claimed to have done intergalactic travel that there's, uh, they say that there's humanoid type folks all around the universe. Now, of course, I can't validate any of this thing. I'm not claiming any of this information. I'm just saying this information has been out there. It's in a book on Amazon. The book was published 30, written 30 years ago. It's been published for a while. It is a runaway bestseller in China, a positioned as a fiction book. And it is a runaway bestseller in Taiwan, 
positioned as a nonfiction book. So you can make your own determination. It's just really fascinating information. And it's all about having the human race do everything we possibly can to take care of and save our planet. So what could be wrong with that? So I think you're really going to enjoy my conversation with Samuel. As I always do, I'm very careful about screening my guests on Guys Guys Radio. I want to make sure I bring on folks who have something to offer, a positive message, something that uh, my audience, all you folks out there can take away and say, that's something I really was interested in learning. It may be for me, it may not be for me, but it's new. It was entertaining. I had fun with the show and wow, maybe I can use this information to really live my best life. And that's what we're all about here on Guys Guys Radio. It's as simple as that. So today we're going to take an intergalactic voyage with Samuel Chong. We're going to talk about the book, The Theoba Prophecy, and we're going to get to it right away. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, our very special portion of the show when we interview a selected guest who's going to help us out, bring us some new information for everybody out there. Today, we've got a fantastic guest with a fantastic out-of-this-world story. Today, we're going to talk about extraterrestrials with Samuel Chong. Let me tell you a little bit about Samuel and the book that we're going to discuss. Samuel is a court uh, interpreter uh, and Chinese translator. He was instrumental in, ra- in, in arranging the Chinese publication of the book we're going to talk about today called The Thioba Prophecy, which has been a bestseller in both China and Taiwan. It's available on Amazon. You can get the physical book or a downloaded book. I read the book over the weekend. I found it fascinating, and I'm really interested in getting into it. Now, Samuel did not write the book. A gentleman by the name of Michael Desmarquet wrote the book. He passed in 2010. 18, he developed a relationship with Samuel, and we're going to get into that because that's also a very interesting story. So Samuel really is uh, involved with Chinese translation. He's His goal is really to help find justice in the world and help bring this message of the Thaya Abu prophecy to people because it's such a fantastic story. It's called The Abduction to the Ninth Planet. It's a book of quote-unquote warnings from ETs and also from an advanced civilization. Uh, the book details the author's unique experiencing experiences of being invited to visit an extraterrestrial planet that has an advanced civilization, way more advanced than anything we could even imagine on Earth. Um, he was informed of the history of Earth, ancient civilizations with ET visits, facts about reincarnation, the afterlife, the construction and purposes of the Great Pyramid, pyramid the statues on Easter Island, Bermuda Triangle, auras, human energy fields, and stories from the Bible and historical facts. Just amazing stuff. Again, the author, Michael Desmarquet, passed away in 2018, but my special guest, Samuel Chong, has pretty much taken the baton, has been running with it, and getting the word out on this very interesting and fascinating book. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Samuel Chong. Sorry for the long introduction. I just thought it was important to get some context for what we're going to discuss today. Oh, thank you for having me here. Okay, let's talk about um, the actual title of the book. Did I pronounce it correctly? The Ibu Prophecy? Well, the author, uh, Michel de Marquet, pronounces this uh, Theoba Prophecy. The Theoba Prophecy, okay. Which is similar to the pronunciation of uh, Jehovah, uh, which uh, has a connection to the Bible. 
Okay. Um, you were drawn to books about ETs for a long time. Why, why is that? I just wanted the, the human race to progress at a much faster pace. I thought that if we can just learn from the uh, advanced civilizations, we can probably take the shortcut and then advance uh, much, uh, much better. Okay. Um, why did you find this book? How did you come across it? And why did it stand out to you? And what is different about it? I mean, I was searching on Amazon that one day, and then I found uh, this book about messages from the ETs. I thought it was just another book. But then after I read it, it actually made me believe the stories in the Bible. Before that time, I didn't believe anything in the Bible. I thought Jesus was a fictional character. It was made up. It was science fiction. But after I read the book, it made, connected all the dots. And I finally believe that uh, there was a person called Jesus Christ. Okay. And um, you, um, tell us about the author then, Michael Desmarquet. He was, a, from what I read, and I read the book over the weekend, The Landscaper, and he was contacted by these ETs who took him to this planet very, very far away from Earth. How did you, what, what inspired you to, to reach out and connect with him? Because I believe he was living in Vietnam at the time. That's right. He was uh, living on uh, a southern island in Vietnam at that time. Um, his name is actually Michel de Marquet when it's pronounced in French. Okay. I was searching for him because uh, in the postscript of the book, it says there are more incredible things that he was not allowed to write in the book um, because we were far from understanding them. Uh, that got me extremely curious because the book already contains a lot of information that's fascinating, that's very incredible. And what's more incredible about it, I wanted to find. That's why I took the opportunity and I took the chance to locate him. And you mentioned um, in your notes that and initially he didn't really want to have anything to do with you. But over time, he developed a trust with you and you guys developed a relationship. Tell us about that. What that's, happened? That's right. In the first three days, uh, we were just uh, talking and, and and he was uh, kind of annoyed at my questions because he thought I didn't read the book uh, well enough to ask him uh, more profound questions. And he thought my questions were very superficial and I could get the answers from just from reading the book a few more times. But then after uh, that, he found out that I was I could be able to help him to follow up with a contract that he signed with a Chinese publisher. That publisher uh, paid him $2,000 for the copyright fee but never uh, contacted him again. He wanted to find out whether the book was published in China or not. And then it turned out that that book wasn't published in China because of the fear of the censorship. And then it finally did get published in China and Taiwan. It became a bestseller, but under the guise of uh, the genre of science fiction, not nonfiction, correct? That's right. In China, it was classified as a science fiction, but in Taiwan, it was classified as a nonfiction. Uh, in both places, it was a bestseller. It's just absolutely amazing to me from reading the book. It would make a terrific, there's so much information there for make a great movie. Um, has any, has there been any discussion about that? There has been some discussion about making a documentary about it. Uh, but so far we are just uh, in a very beginning stage of it. Okay. Well, let's talk about the book itself and what happened to Michelle. Um, apparently he was uh, abducted from his backyard or whatever by these um, ETs and they took him to a planet the Iabo, 
and uh, which is nine levels of planets away from Earth. Apparently, there is kind of a pecking order in terms of uh, advancement and spirituality and, and technology working together in a positive way uh, between different planets and solar systems. And Earth is at a, at a, at a one, which is really kind of a, a place of sorrow, as they refer to it as. And the ninth is so far away that there were so many things that Michelle was exposed to. It's, a lot of it was hard for him to comprehend and also for us to comprehend. The other point is he wasn't a writer. He was a, a landscaper. So they kind of, I guess, channeled, helped them by channeling the book. And uh, it's just an amazing story, very easy to read. And it's a real eye opener. So tell us um, what some of the things about the planet he landed on and how, from reading the book and your conversations with him, what was different or what, what new information did you glean from him versus what was in the book? Well, uh, the difference is that uh, I was trying to find out what he didn't write in the book and what he wasn't allowed to write in the book. Um, and what he told me, uh, there were two things that he told me that uh, were not in the book that I can talk about. One is regarding the uh, three chambers beneath the Sphinx of Egypt. He says that uh, when and the three chambers are open, when we would know everything is like uh, the record of history or the record of uh, the past. And then, uh, but we are not ready yet. Um, and then the second thing is about the, uh, what some people call the gray aliens, the little grays that um, the conspiracy theorists that have been talking about that the U.S. government has been collaborating with and getting, their, getting the technologies from. Um, and he says that the grays really did uh, implant uh, about 150 people or so by the year 1995 just to monitor us how we respond to the situation that we have had a, a decreasing immune system since 1948. Um, but there is absolutely no harm for us because the uh, Theobans uh, have also been monitoring the situation. And and the Greys uh, just uh, did that, just monitor us. And, and because they're facing the same issue, they're also from a category one planet, and uh, they're actually a dying race just like us. Mm -hmm. So the Theobans, they took Michael to Michelle to hit their planet. Tell us a little bit about what Michelle experienced when he got there. There's just so much. I'll let you kind of tell a little bit of the story. Well, uh, the planet Theoba is also called the golden planet because when Michelle de Marquet was approaching that planet, he saw like a golden mist surrounding that planet. Everything was just like uh, so surreal. When he landed on the planet, uh, he found out that the gravity of the planet was actually smaller um, than Earth. So he had to be really careful about moving around. And they actually had to put a, like, a facial mask on him in order to filter out uh, some of the strong lights, the strong colors on the from the planet, because everything was uh, so shining, so colorful. And then he, he met the, the seven masters of uh, the, um, the planet, and he learned a lot of things that what we should uh, be careful for, a lot of warnings from the friendly ETs. And, and uh, by the way, the ETs are really beautiful. They're nine feet tall, and, and, and they're like, they have blonde hair. They look like uh, beautiful women, very sexy, having very sexy bodies. But they're hermaphrodites. I mean, male and female um, together, uh, having this both organs and sexual organs of male and female. So um, he had a lot of uh, very interesting encounters and he visited his past life. Uh, he realized that he had 80 previous lives. 
and he was explained what reincarnation was, and, and also uh, also a lot of uh, interesting things um, that we I have been at least I've been very curious about since I was okay. young. Okay, so he uh, was selected apparently by uh, Theo, I think the name is Theo, right? Theoban. And, and Theo, yeah. who is a Theoban, and they told him that because he had had eighty past lives, uh, he was selected. Now, for most people, how many past lives do they have? Apparently, the way it works is you keep we keep going back and back and back to work on things till we get to the point where we can elevate or ascend to the next level. And for a lot of people, it takes uh, uh, many, many lives. Now, Michelle had 80. I've heard that people can have, you know, hundreds of past lives. So is 80, uh, what type, uh, that's a little bit different from what I've heard before in terms of the cutoff point, in terms of a lot of lives, if you will. And he was selected specifically because he was one of the few people on earth who had 80 past lives. And they showed him, they put him in some type of suspended state of, you know, animation or reality, whatever. And they showed him and he integrated really with a lot of his past life on, on earth. Talk to us about that. Yes. Um, um, he had uh, a lot of very common, uh, very interesting past life. Yeah. Interesting past life. Uh, uh, he was uh, like a mining worker in Germany and he was uh, a goldsmith in Japan and he was uh, like beggars a few times beggars on the street. But he was also like a queen on a seventh level planet. Um, and, and there he had a very interesting experience. And then he came back here uh, for a very private reason. And um, the, the thing is about the 80 lives is that uh, according to the Theobans, 81 is actually uh, nine times nine, which uh, represents a great cycle. Only people with uh, the past 80 lives can survive for nine days on their planet. This is according to them like a universal law. That cannot be broken, and and people with shorter um, past lives or with less past lives cannot really survive on the planet for that long, and so that's why Michelle de Marquet had to come back after nine days, and, and unfortunately he really didn't want to come back, and and he wanted mm -hmm. to stay there, but that that couldn't happen. So very uh kind of a moral of the entire story uh, uh and and book is that the planets. All the planets and civilizations, the millions of them that, that are out there, uh, they develop a technology, uh, they follow a certain framework, if you will, and they get nuclear power. And so many of them have destroyed themselves because they, the cultures were driven by monetary, driven by uh, corruption, and not using nuclear power the correct way, and were destroyed as a result of this, including uh, on Earth with the uh, uh, Mu, I guess, and then eventually the Atlant Atlantis. Um, and so the warning is really that we need to learn how to surplant, surpass materialism with spirituality and use technology for the benefit of everybody and not fall into corruption where just a few folks have all the money like we have now on this planet and they're using a lot of the power to stay into power instead of instead of helping people. That's right. Uh, so actually, one of the main themes in the book is to um, have us to be more um, like vigilant and have more independent thinking about what's really going on around the world. It actually lists money as one of the top dangers on Earth because everything evolves or revolves around money here, and the politicians is the danger number two. 
And also, um, surprisingly, journalists is danger, danger number three, and, and, and also religion is danger, danger number four. So, so it, the book talks a lot, about, a lot about the realities here, how we can respond to the challenges that we are currently facing on Earth. And it actually gives a solution, which is to follow the footsteps of Gandhi in India to use nonviolent protests or nonviolent resistance. To, to go against the tyranny because violence is never a solution. Like it, it talks about Napoleon and talks about uh, Hitler, uh, two great uh, like uh, military strategists, but they they were not able to sustain their uh, kind of uh, empire or power because they use violence. Um, the real essence is love, is uh, nonviolent resistance, is the key to to go against the uh, government structure or or a totalitarian regime. You know, it's amazing. I, uh, coming from New York City and then living in San Diego, I was living in downtown and I thought, I actually found that the energy there, I thought it would be very relaxing and it wasn't. With all of the military stuff going on in the Bay and all the military ships and a lot of planes going overhead and a lot of, so much construction and people driving around with the jacked up cars. It was, it was really, uh, I, I had a hard time and my wife agreed with me, we're just relaxing. And now we're up the we're, we moved up the coast and it's it's a lot better. But noise is an issue that people just seem to accept as something like, oh yeah, you get used to it, but it's not a good thing. One of the things I want to ask about Sam in relationship to that is you mentioned it briefly is the auric body. We have the astral body, reading auras. What are the four bodies and how are they connected? Well, the main body that we see is the physical body. We also have the physical physiological body, which is uh, connected to our physical body. And then there's the astral body. We actually have nine different bodies. Um, and, and, and the book actually doesn't list uh, all the nine different bodies. But the most important thing that we should pay attention is the astral body, which is uh, directly linked to our spiritual development. So when once a person dies, uh, the astral, astral body leaves the physical body and then sends back our uh, life experiences the higher self, our higher self. Each of us has a higher self. And then we accumulate all the uh, life uh, challenges or lessons that we learned in the life, in, in, the, in the past lifetime, to our higher self. And then we reveal everything we did in this lifetime. Um, after this life reveal process, then we gain more experience and we decide whether to take on another lifetime and to be reincarnated again. So, so the so the astral body, like your question, is actually very important to, to our spiritual growth, which is the purpose of life. Life is a learning process, and we um, need to, to learn how to respond to the challenges in order to accumulate life lessons. You know, the book, The, the Open Prophecy, it has an amazing story where M Michelle is uh, he's kind of taken, and he goes to this planet, Theoba, and uh, these... Uh, beings uh, take the Theobans take care of him. It's a beautiful uh, hermaphrodite who looks feminine, as you described, Samuel. And then there's another group of them, and they're in a kind of a spaceship similar to what we've seen on the TV show in the movie Star Trek or Star Wars, whatever, more Star Trek than, than Star Wars, if you will. And there, some of their habits were very interesting, like they would eat, but they would eat kind of very small increments of colored colored, uh, they're not pills really, but cubes or whatever, and they would sustain, they would release the energy throughout the day. So you would be satiated in terms of eating and you wouldn't have to eat for a while. And then they would drink something called 
hydromel, which was a kind of a honey type of water that would also give them hydration and nourishment. Um, talk to us about some of the lifestyle things that Michelle experienced. You know, the food where he slept and he's lived in this kind of this doco where it had these walls where you'd go inside and then you'd be outside. At very just interesting, mind-bending type of experiences just from a day-to-day. Talk to us about some of the things he he had to kind of acclimate to, even traveling around where it was anti-gravity and things like that. Talk to us about some of those specifics. Yeah, for the food that he ate over there on Fiola, uh, most of the there, most of the time he ate uh, the uh, colorful powders, and they're made of fish, made of uh, vegetables or fruits, or maybe even like uh, like uh, milk, and and then he drank this kind of like honey-tasting uh, hydromel. And he would only need to um, eat uh, every two days or so because they release calories at an um, equal interval. So, so he doesn't, he didn't feel uh, hunger or thirst uh, for a long time. And then uh, the host actually had to remind him of eating and drinking, uh, drinking the hydro meal. And then, uh, in terms of the doko, the building structures, they're made in a way it's like a, like a half of an egg. And then when a person goes inside. Um, Michel de Marquet actually saw the outside sceneries because it's like a one-way looking glass. He can see outside from inside, but the people outside uh, cannot see inside. Um, and then it's actually made of an uh, of, um, energy field. Um, so, and then um, for traveling, they took on, um, like, they had two travel, mostly two travel devices, but uh, both of them use anti-gravitational technologies. So there is actually no noise, and then um, he would be lifted up, uh, and then um, when there's a force field protecting um, everything, and he, when traveling at fast speed, he didn't feel any wind, and he didn't feel any rain when it was raining. And uh, regarding the um, other aspects is that uh, he saw a lot of people uh, meditating uh, on the planet, uh, and then he saw the people only wear clothes when needed to. So he actually saw a lot of naked naked people over there on the beach. So they they don't wear clothes just to hide, um, like um, their their uh, genital areas. They they do that just for comfort, just for keeping the temperature or something like that. So um, a lot of things are really really different. When he did something, um, they all kind of uh, saw him like laughed. a kindergarten child. Okay. <laughs> he just laughed. Yes, <laughs> because they, they levitated, and he would be very surprised. And then at how could they levitate? And so the shocked expression on his face was kind of um, an interesting um, fact for them to, to be laughed at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one of the most compelling aspects of the book is they showed him kind of the history of our planet. And basically, they claim, and Michelle claims in the book, that the Theobans were instrumental in kind of overseeing the the development of humans on on planet earth which is going to fly into the face of a lot of religions and uh uh and there's a lot of other aspects they connect the dots to a lot of historical um historical uh times that we are aware of that we've been told one part of history and they explain it in a in a different way fascinating and another thing they got into was that they had an area on theoba where there was a kind of like a suspended animation of place where many famous instrumental figures 
uh, throughout history, not just of the planet Earth, but all like planets throughout the universe were kind of kept. And why he didn't know why they were kept there, but they were kept there, and not in a not in a not in a prison type of way, in a confinement way, but that's just their souls or whatever, and their physical bodies were kind of there floating around. So we get a very different story of the history of planet Earth and the universe uh, as told to Michelle from the Theobins. Um, it's just actually mind bending. When, from your experience in the, if you want to add anything about that, uh, Sam, please, please add. I don't want to get too deep into that because I don't want to upset some people who are, you know, following more of a traditional religious beliefs. Well, uh, what he saw was actually nearly 200 corpses on the Golden Dove. There were mostly like important figures on different planets because the Theobans, according to the book, have the role of uh, guiding the different uh, planets, like including Earth, to the right direction, a more spiritual direction of uh, of life. And they are just like college professors, and we are like uh, elementary school students. So their role was to be like a mentor to us. And um, Michelle Mark actually saw the body of Jesus Christ, actually saw the body of Christ. And according to this book, a lot of the historical accounts that's recorded in the Bible uh, were actually are actually um, interventions by by this group of uh, extraterrestrials. For example, the uh, uh, the destruction of the two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, was actually one of the interventions of this group of ETs, the Theobans, and so so was the the Moses, the leading Hebrews out of Egypt, was another intervention, mm-hmm. and the birth of Jesus and the the, the and and Christ. It's also another story. Um, and I would suggest people, if they're interested in, in learning more about it, just read the book and mm-hmm. uh, and explains why there's a, say, there, there are some people who believe that Jesus went to India. It explains logically and, and very specifically why some people say that. And right. it also explains, surprisingly, why there's a tomb of Jesus Christ right. in Shingo village, Japan. And, and, and people there, like in, in that village, um, sing like a song that Sounded like an ancient Hebrew language. Why that's the case? The book explains it, and people can look it up. Shingo Village, Japan, Tomb of Jesus Christ. So that's really surprising for someone like Michel de Marquet, like an Australian landscaper who never been to Japan. He never been to Japan in his entire life. In the early nineties, writing such things like this, um, he wouldn't have known that. Um, I mean, he didn't know how to type computer, and he so, didn't really know how to surf the internet. It's interesting because all of the things that the Theobans um, discuss, they, it's a lot of connecting the dots. For instance, uh, when Christ was uh, living, uh, he there was some kind of missing years, if you will, where there's no recorded history about what he was doing for a good portion of his life. And there are, there is a tomb in Japan uh, to say the tomb of Christ, whether you believe it or not. That you know that's up to, that's up to you. But there's so much information here, and so many. Um, historical events and mysteries about them that the Theobans kind of connect the dots with. So reading the book is is a great exercise in opening your mind. And you have to read it with an open mind and then determine, okay, I believe this, or I, or I don't believe that. But I would suggest for folks who read the book, and I would encourage them to check it out, is to not look for gotcha moments, because that's kind of how we're always doubters. Uh, and I'm not saying to blindly believe everything we are told. Of course not. But just if we keep an open mind, we can learn new things, regardless if it's uh, 
the Theoban book or other things. Good to have an open mind and just to listen and process because, you know, we get one set of history and we get one set of communication from our press now, which seems to be so uniform that it's really difficult sometimes for people to become uh, and maintain their critical thinking. What do you think, Sam? I totally agree. We have to have more independent uh, thinking. And there are more recent interventions by the EPs. For example, during the 1960s, uh, they actually prevented uh, needles from, rele- from being released in space. And I checked that out. It's actually uh, Project Westport. Yeah, what is it? Needles, right? Um, These are actual needles? Yes, needles made of copper. They were intended to improve our telecommunication systems. And there were actually Project Westport by NASA in, 19, in the 1960s. They did it twice. And and then they failed. So um, according to this book, that was due to the interventions from the Theobans trying to protect us because that uh, if the needles were floating around in space, that would uh, would have harmed us in a very uh, disastrous way. And another intervention they did was actually during World War II, they prevented Germany from being the first country to develop the atomic bomb. So in that sense, they sided with the U.S. government According to them, they sided with the lesser of the two uh, evils. So they were mm-hmm. trying to help us because if Germany had developed the atomic bomb earlier than the U.S., uh, there would have been like three times more death than 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 what happened, what actually happened. So I found that to be fascinating because uh, there was a, a German scientist who was really on the verge of developing an atomic bomb, but he made a very stupid, very simple mistake that that a scientist like him uh, shouldn't have made. And then I found that to be extremely interesting. Um, I think his name is Heisenberg or something, but, but it actually matches historical accounts. I mean, this book has very specific and verifiable facts that people can look up. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, let's get into some of the uh, specifics here um, as, to, as to the book, the creation of the book, and since it's come out and what you've had to... Uh, I'm sure, face in terms of questions about it. So Michelle dies in 2018. What was your relationship with him then? And then who took over with the, the marketing of the book? And I know he has a family. What, 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 how did that all shake out? And what is the status of it now? And what well, is your he role? has two children. Yes. And he has two children. Um, and uh, his son actually got the uh, inheritance um, from Michelle de Marquet. And his son actually takes everything over from Michel de Marquet. And he, Michel de Marquet also has a Vietnamese family in, in, on that island in southern Vietnam. Uh, so they're actually uh, more quiet about this. So I, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm actually uh, the person who knows what the, the one major thing Michel de Marquet was not allowed to write in a book because I know that fact, even though I cannot reveal it publicly. Um, so that's the reason I've been putting so much of my time and efforts into promoting the messages in the book. I think that message is really crucial to our destiny in the future. And we have to change the ways of living. Um, and they're helping us to do that by having Michelle de Marquet to write this book um, and, and uh, indirectly, because we, um, we are given the opportunity to mend our ways. If you look at history, um, the book of Enoch was written a long time ago. And you know what happened to Enoch, what happened to Noah like a few decades later. So Michel de Marquet, he was instructed to write this book as well. 
And then you can kind of uh, look to what's going to happen in the future. So this is why I'm so um, interested in anyone who can help to promote the messages in the book and, and check it out. I think uh, you're going to be enlightened to the uh, information and facts that um, that um, are extremely revealing. revealing. Okay. So Michelle uh, advises people at the end of the book, everybody needs to read the book three times. Is that because it's so fantastic, if you will, the, the, the stories that are in there, or is it because it's part of a energetic thing where if you read it three times, you're going to have some, some type of a, a reaction to that from an energetic a vibrational standpoint? Uh, what, what do you think? Um, I think both. Uh, the first is that, that the book is very dense. It contains so much information that uh, sure. one person cannot just grab it uh, just by reading one time. The first time I read it, I was focused on the ET technologies. The second time I read it, I was focused more on the uh, Bible stories, the ancient scriptures, ancient civilizations. And the third time I read it, I focused more on the meaning of life and reincarnation. So every time when someone reads a book, something new um, comes out or jumps out. So this is one thing. The other thing is that if you read the book, you're going to feel the tone and the vibrations of the book. And if you put yourself in a very quiet environment, then just to um, delve, um, delve into the book, you're going to feel that uh, everything that the book says kind of uh, resonates in your heart. I, I hope that that's the case for you. But for a lot of people and most people, it, it is true that when they read it, they they feel that the information resonates into their inner heart. Okay. Now, for you, Sam, um, what has happened with you since, I mean, your life must have changed um, when since you got behind this book. Why do you think you have been um, recruited or inspired, whatever, to work with this book? And what kind of pushback have you gotten personally from this? Because if all this is almost like disclosure and the disclosure there's no disclosure right now we get drip 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 in the in the news like now they're saying okay there's ufos that have been seen and reported and all of that but it, it certainly they haven't opened everything up and saying this is what's really going on and um and it usually works in a drip 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 way you if people read this book they're going to look at how life is on earth very differently and that could be dangerous for you and for Michelle and his family. Tell us about that as much as you can. Well, I think uh, I'm so lucky to be able to learn the information and read the book a long time ago was that uh, I am uh, I'm also a man of action. So as Michelle DeMarquet was, and he took actions, uh, and I also take a lot of actions too. And I know the importance, and I I, I resonate uh, to the uh, messages in the book. I speak uh, three major languages, Chinese, Spanish, and English. And I, I live in Los Angeles, and, and I kind of, uh, as an interpreter and Chinese translator, I have access to a lot of uh, uh, people in the in different industries. So I think I have the um, kind of uh, the, uh, the tools to make the messages known to the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on that in the past year or so, in, in the past half a year or so. And I think uh, the danger is that uh, people really need to to believe that there are more things um, than than the, what the government is telling us. And what the government has been working with, for example, if you really think if the U.S. government had has been working with the gray aliens, 
And according to this book, uh, Michel de Marquet, the grays are actually from a category one or level one plant, mm -hmm. same level as us. So if you really want to learn from the best, um, you should learn from the people from the ETS from category nine, the highest level of the planet, not no. from uh, the same level as us. Okay. Now for yourself though, have you, um, and I'll, I'll, I have to ask you because I'm, if I was listening to the show, I'd want, I want somebody to, I want the host to ask this question. Have you been contacted by the Theoban? Would you like to go to uh, Theoban? I'd like to go to Theoban, but I haven't been contacted by them because I think in my mind, I wanted to do everything on my own without help, without assistance from them, or at least direct assistance. Because uh, that's um, the way I learn things. I get most out of it if without outside assistance. For example, if a parent teaches uh, children like certain concepts or mathematical um, problem, and uh, if I were the child, then I would uh, want to solve the problem on my own without my parents' help. Because uh, if I don't get the answers, then um, I need to relearn in order to, to get the concept. So I'm more independent than, than maybe okay. other people are. So have... Um... Have you, what are, what are the other folks in the, in the UFOlogy kind of uh, genre, if you will, and there's so many quote unquote experts out there and there's a lot of battles going on where you have people talking about blue avians and stuff like that. There's all, all types of stuff going on. And when you have the internet uh, and everybody's arguing about what's true, what isn't true, you have networks like Gaia, which bring out a lot of the information and shows like Cosmic Disclosure. Have you been contacted, and what are what do these people say to you? Well, uh, those people um, are actually ignoring me right now, so mm -hmm. uh, they don't have anything to say to me. But I would suggest the audience and the um, listeners to really focus on verifiable facts, the facts that they can really independently verify, uh, not to really just to believe anything those people say, but to do your own research. Uh, I'm a person, I'm a certified code interpreter, and I take things very seriously. So for everything written in the book, I um, researched independently and found a lot of evidence supporting the claims made in the book. So I would suggest uh, you to do the same and uh, to not to believe anything what the others say. Mm -hmm. Do your own research. Okay, that, that's fair. And uh, again, the really the message of the book is kind of a, it's a heads up to planet Earth. Be careful with the environment. Be careful with nuclear power. Be careful with the um, the worship of materialism that we have. And really, peace, love, be, be better people, go inside, meditate, learn how to undo spiritual enfoldment. So the, the message is very positive. People might try to pick at individual aspects of the quote-unquote story and say, hey, well, how about this? How about that? I found it. I'm not going to say it was bulletproof, but it was it's really hard to kind of pick out the details and say, well, that's not true or that's not true. Uh, and I didn't read it in the context of trying to do that. I just read it to get the overall message. And I actually felt kind of um, enlightened is too big a word, but like my mind opened up and said, wow, okay, what if? And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, if people can find the book and read it in that way, maybe they'll learn something and maybe it'll just open their mind and their hearts up. Yes, um, I believe so. And reading this book is actually the biggest, the best investment that I've made in my entire life. 
it's better than following the advice of Warren Buffett or, or some of the investment gurus. To me, the the return is more like a spiritual uh, development return, return of spiritual growth. So I think uh, that's actually the meaning of life because you cannot take away money or material wealth when you die. Your your astral body, your your spiritual development is actually the main purpose of life. Is to to really learn uh, how to respond to the life challenges. The financial crisis that's coming up and also maybe other issues or health or relationship issues and to learn how to respond to such situation. And I think uh, this book actually shows you how you can do that. And the short answer is to meditate and to follow your own intuition, your own heart, because we are part of God. Because when God created us, it inserted a tiny portion of itself to each one of us. And according to the Bible, the kingdom of God is within you. So you should follow your own intuition, your own heart when making such decisions because we are connected to a higher self, which is also connected to the source, the creator, the great ether. Do you feel that you are being guided, Samuel, by the Theobans? And has, your life, so. and ha- and has your life changed since you undertook this uh, journey, uh, re- 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 uh, rearranging your journey, if you will, changing the course of your own personal life journey? and getting behind this book. Definitely. I mean, I was uh, a very, kind of a successful Chinese translator and an interpreter. And uh, after I got the opportunity to read this book, my entire life changed a different direction and putting more and more my time into uh, promoting the messages and hoping to make the world a better world. I also developed like a scholarship encouraging students and they can apply to. Um, so I'm doing everything possible from different angles and aspects to encourage people to get the messages. They don't have to buy the book, and if they want to, they can do that, but they can get it for free as well. Have you been, uh, just a few more questions, uh, have you been discouraged by anyone? Not yet. No, not yet. Okay. I guess when you're being, as you said, if you, when you're being ignored, they're not going to bother you. When it starts to really get out there, then, then you got to, you know, have your shield up, if you with your energetic shield up. Um, are you making money doing this? No, I'm not. It's un- I'm pretty persistent. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm well, you because I'm enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you think has happened to the spirit, if you will, of uh, Michelle? I think uh, he probably is um, on category nine planet right now. Uh, that's his wish, and I think they're going to grant his wish. He has done an excellent job uh, in his um, later lifetime and writing this book and doing his best to promote the book. Um, I think I'm taking taking it over as well. Okay. Well, Samuel Jong, Jong you're doing amazing work. Um, the name of the book is The Theoban Prophecy. Um, it's been marketed in China as a bestseller in fiction, as nonfiction in Taiwan. It's kind of been under the radar here in, this, in the English-speaking world. Um, we'll see what happens. But I've interviewed lots of folks who've done 20 and back, uh, you know, secret sp- uh, you know, secret uh, space uh, program and things like that, and other experts in ET, and this is a this is a really opens opens things up so much more. So really fascinating. I'm 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 reaching because there was so much information in this book, and I just finished it, and I will go back and read it again. And I would encourage everybody who is interested, if you're going to read it, just keep an open mind and make your own decisions, like we do on Guys Guys Radio. I bring you guests. 
I bring information and it's up to you to say, okay, I'm vibing with this or I'm not, but you've done a lot of hard work. I respect you for the work you're doing, Samuel, and uh, stay safe, stay healthy. And thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. And where can people find the book and find more about you? They can search the name of the book on Amazon and they can search on Google, my name, Samuel Chong, and the name of the book and to find more information about my researches and conclusions. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Maybe we'll do it again at some point. I want to I read the book a few more times. Thank you. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay. That was an out-of-this-world conversation with Samuel Chong about Michel Desmarquet's book, The Theoba Prophecy. What did we learn? Well, we learned about antimatter guns and space travel and making water from air and foods, where the calories are released at regular interval, intervals, anti-gravity flying devices, neutralizing the cold magnetic force of the earth, 3D music produced from sounds of nature, just more and more and more stuff that's so far out there that it'd be very easy to dismiss. However, when I read the book, I was thoroughly entertained. It's a very tightly written book, and Michelle claimed it was channeled. And I did my best to poke holes into a lot of things that were suggested, and I ended up scratching my head and rubbing my chin saying, hmm, what if? So I'll leave it up to you. If you want to check out the book, you can pick it up on Amazon or wherever you buy your books, and you make the determination, what do you think? Guys, Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA Radio in Southern California, 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 106.5 FM, 10.50 a.m. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on KCAA. The podcast and YouTube and Rumble post worldwide every Thursday. Our UK Health Radio version of the show, which is the same show, we just launch on every Friday, four times during the week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So you have no excuse not to be able to find Guys Guys Radio. Beyond our uh, weekly airings, you can stream the show, you can download the show. We're on the KCAA, their uh, streaming. We're on UK Health Radio's podcast. So we're everywhere. So if you want to watch the show or stream the show or listen to the show, wherever you consume your content, we're there for you, Guys Guys Radio. I would ask you if you enjoy the content and guests I bring you each and every week to the show, please subscribe to wherever you consume the content, whether it be Apple Podcasts, YouTube. really helps if we see those numbers go up on YouTube because we're fairly new to the uh, platform. But it's growing, and it's growing rapidly. So thank you. You can also catch me, Robert Manny, on my website, robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I dot com. I've got over 300 blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, dating, relationships, wellness, money, sex, love, even how to run a marathon. All types of information and a lot of the topics we cover on the show. And it's all for free. You can also download three free chapters of my novel, which is the source material for everything Guy's Guy. It's called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's about two men in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in New York City. 
on Madison Avenue, and it's really a, a peek behind the curtains into the weird, odd world of men and their odd, strange dating habits. And you know what? The news isn't all bad. There's a lot of love in the book. There's a lot of redemption. And uh, I think you'll get uh, a more clear understanding how guys roll, because if you're not a guy, you can look at men and say, what the heck is going on with these people? But it's fun. It's frothy. It's fast. And it's been called the man's successor to Sex in the City. So you can download three free chapters. And then if you want to buy it, you pick it up on Amazon, the physical copy, the ebook, or wherever you pick up your books and, and uh, content. We're there for you. We've got a whole bunch of great shows coming up in 2023. I'm so excited. And as you've probably already figured out, even though the name of the show is Guys Guys Radio, it's not just about men. We're not like the man show, that show that Jimmy Kimmel was on, and Adam Carolla, which is all about like beer and babes and football and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with those things, but our show is about really helping men be at their very best, and also women. The information keeps growing on our show, and the guests, organically, we keep getting more and more guests who just have things to add, things to share, information that can help us all live our best lives. So I want to thank all my guests, the 700 or so thought leaders I've interviewed over the last couple of years, my wonderful producer, Chris, uh, my strategy guy, Ryan, who's been with me from the beginning, and most of all, I want to thank you, our growing audience, KCAA, the podcast, the YouTube Rumble, and now UK Health Radio. Thank you so much. I'm going to see you next week. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Finish first.